You're listening to the Pines Church Podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Good morning, Pines Church. Look at all of those beautiful faces. Now, let me just be honest, that statement is a little bit disingenuous because I am not actually looking at your faces, but I have seen them before, so I feel confident in making that assessment. Yes, I am coming to you via streaming um, because Jess and I, and actually our entire family, with the exception of Ethan, there's a lot of kids there, uh, we are in Pennsylvania with our overseers, uh, Pastor John and Michelle Nuzo. They've visited the church, and so we are accountable to them uh, to make sure that we stay on the right path. And so we have the opportunity to be able to report back to their congregation what's going on at the Pines and to be able to encourage them and build their faith and just spend time with them as a family. And so I want to say this because I owe it to you guys that I know out of the past six weeks, I've actually been gone three times. One was to take care of my father, which was unexpected. Another one was to be a part of a youth conference that was originally slated for April, but then got moved. And then we had this meeting already on the books. So I just want you to know that I'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I'm here for the rest of the year going on into January. And so I look forward to being back with you in person to study and to worship together. And so, but I have a message that's been burning in my heart that I, I don't want to overstate this, but I believe that it's a now word. And what does that even mean? I believe that this word is for many, if not every single one of us in this body. And uh, before I dive into that word, I do want to acknowledge and I also want to honor all of the veterans um, in our congregation. And so if you could go ahead and stand, um, all the men and women that have served at some point in their life, and can we give them a round of applause and thank them for their service. I'm golf clapping, but I I just don't want to blow out the microphone. But um, thank you for your commitment, for your selfless sacrifice to our nation and to our lives. Uh, We salute you, and you can be seated. Um, Sometimes people ask me the question, how can we honor our veterans? Well, first and foremost, you could give them a hug, or you could give them a high five. You could offer to buy their meal. You could offer to buy them coffee. But thank them because they've given up years of their life so that we can pursue all that God has placed in our lives. And one of the ways that we can honor them also is by not living small and running after the calling that God has given each and every single one of us. And so... I am actually filming this on a Friday. I'm just a couple of days removed away from our men's prayer group, which I got to tell you, happens every Tuesday night. And if you are a male and you are a part of this body, I highly encourage you to join. We have just been growing in our fervency, in our passion. And I just feel like last Tuesday, we had a breakthrough. For the men that were there, they can all attest to this. I believe that God is taking us to 
another level. And it got me thinking about the importance of prayer and something that you've heard me say from the very beginning is that the vision for this church was caught in prayer. And this church was actually birthed in prayer. And everything we do is going to come from that heart posture of prayer. And I came across this quote the other day, and it just nailed, it floored me. I'd never read it before, but it floored me. And it said this, a day without prayer is a boast against God. I want you to think about that. A day without prayer is a boast against God. Because what is it communicating to God? It's saying that eh, I don't really need your insight today. I don't really need your wisdom. I don't really need you to open any doors for me. My health is okay. My finances are good. My marriage is rock solid. God, you just go ahead and take it easy today. I've got this. Jesus, you don't need to take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I got it. You just sit back and control the radio. That's what it's a boast against God. It's 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 self-reliance instead of reliance upon him. And so prayer is is a way of us reaching out to God. Remember, it's communication with God. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. We share what's on our heart, but then we position ourselves to listen, to hear what's on God's heart. F.B. Meyer took it to a whole, and that was from Owen Carr. F.B. Meyer took it to a whole nother level, and he said, the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. And so often we have these meetings, you know, where we're, we're talking about revival. We have revival night, revival weekend. And, um, you know, we're singing songs, we're studying, but we're not praying. You know, we're, we're, all, we're Americans and we're all about doing, okay? And we are, we're, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. However, we must pray to be able to get heaven's perspective on what we should be spending our attention on. And so I would, if I had to title this message, I would title it, Pray about them more than you talk about them. Meaning in this prayer group, going back to our Tuesday night prayer group, I've got to know these men. God has begun to knit our hearts together. And we spend a lot of time praying for each other. In, the, in fact, half of our time together is praying for one another. And then we send each other those things that we're believing God for and we pray for one another. I think sometimes we like to talk about other people, but we should be praying about people more than we talk about them. And so Colossians 4.2 tells us in the NLT to devote, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us. I want to highlight that word devote. We should as a body of believers, if you are a follower of Jesus, we should devote ourselves to prayer. What does that word mean, devote? In the Greek, it's the Greek word proskaterio, which I'm probably uh, butchering. Um, it, it means to continue steadfastly to something, to persevere, to be constant in readiness. So I want you to think about that. We should be constant in our prayer, meaning that we shouldn't have lulls 
in our prayer life. Paul said that he prayed without ceasing, meaning that he was always in communication with God and he was always posturing his heart to hear from God. See, we live in a society that's constantly bombarding us from every single angle, whether it be media, whether it be music. I mean, most of us could barely sit in silence for more than three minutes before we're scrolling our phone, before we're saying, Alexa, play, you know, the 80s greatest hits or whatever, because we're used to that background noise. But what it does is it numbs us, it dulls our senses. And if I was having a conversation with Jess, it would be hard to have a conversation with Jess if I had the stereo blaring, which I've done sometimes, okay, and then I have the TV on. I, I, if I really want to hear what Jess has to say, I turn that stuff off. In fact, Jess and I, when we really have to talk about something that's important, because we have six kids that are running around, and Alexa usually is playing some kind of music, all right, and there's all these little toys like uh, that are on all the time. Um, I'm trying to think of the one that's always on uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on the double. Anyway, um, we go upstairs to our bedroom where there's no distraction, and then we talk to one another. And so we have to be intentional as believers to carve out that time to, to, to be able to hear the voice of God and to be able to share what's on our hearts. In fact, I want to say it like this. This definition of devotion simply means that we don't give up when we don't feel like praying. We don't complain and make excuses not to pray. We don't quit if God seems silent. We persevere. We remain steadfast. We recognize that we are growing in the midst of this discipline. We understand that walls are coming down and that our hearts are becoming more sensitive and tender in order to be able to discern the will and the voice of God. We are more than overcomers, and although we get knocked down, we always pick ourselves back up and continue moving forward. That's what it means to be steadfast. That's what it means to be devoted in prayer. And I love that Paul tells us in Colossians to not only be devoted in prayer for ourselves, but for one another. And he ends it by saying, pray for us. Here's Paul walking in all these signs, wonders, and miracles, responsible for writing the majority of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's constantly, as he's writing these letters to the different churches, all throughout the region, asking them to pray for him. In fact, even Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, he broke down in tears because his disciples could not stand watch and pray with him. Let me tell you something. If Jesus needed prayer, you sure as heck need some prayer. I need prayer. Please pray for me. And so at the Pines Church, everything we do is about people. And we need to make sure that we are praying for people. Intercession, as it pertains to prayer, is an arranged meeting with God to talk with him about someone else. 
So you'll hear this word intercede. We're going to intercede on their behalf. We're going to have a prayer of intercession. And you may ask yourself the question, well, what the heck is intercession? It's when we pray, when we talk to God about someone else. It's moving beyond praying for oneself. So we all know that we have needs, we have financial needs, we have health needs, we have emotional needs, we have physical needs, and we are wise to bring those to God. God invites us to bring those things to Him. But I believe as we mature and we become confident that every single one of our needs are met according to His riches and glory, and as we feed on God's Word, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, those things begin to come shored up in our life. And we've seen time and time again, God pull through. So now we've kind of matured and grown where our prayers aren't primarily about us in our needs, but now we have eyes to see the needs that are around us. And we begin to intercede on behalf of others. And if you want to see that life modeled, you don't have to look any further than the life of Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve. And one of the ways they did that is through prayer. Romans 8.34, Christ Jesus, who died, and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So Jesus isn't walking the earth anymore. He sent the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on behalf of you and me still to this day, right at this very moment. WWJD, intercede. What would Jesus do? just in case you're not familiar with that acronym. Hebrews 7.25, he always lives to intercede for them. He lives to intercede on our behalf. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. When we esteem others more than ourselves, when we lay our lives down, when we pour our lives out as a drink offering. And as we seek first the kingdom of God, which is reaching out to others, God makes sure that you're all shored up. You're going to have an abundance. You're going to be filled to overflowing in every area of your life. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all, to sift all of you like wheat, but, and that's a big but, <laughs> I'll leave that. I have prayed that your faith may not fail. So Jesus is saying, hey, I'm getting ready to go, okay? And Satan wants to sift you all like wheat. But, big but, I have prayed for you. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So in other words, Jesus is so confident in the fact that he prayed on behalf of the disciples that even though it was the enemy's goal to sift them like wheat, he was making intercession to the Father and he knew that the disciples would rise above that adversity being successful and victorious and when they had, go and do 
likewise. Look at how confident Jesus is in his prayer. He understood the power of intercessory prayer, praying on the behalf of another. And then he instructs the disciples to go and do likewise. And that wasn't just for Peter and John. That was for us and Matthew. It's for us right now, here and now. God is saying, intercede on behalf of your brothers and sisters. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you to intercede for all people. It doesn't say some. It says all. Can I be honest with you? Prayer is often our last resort, right? Cut my life into pieces. This is our last resort, right? It's our last thing. It's like, well, we've done everything else. I guess, I guess we have nothing to do but pray. That is so backwards in the kingdom that when we come against opposition or when we need counsel or wisdom, the very first thing we should do is pray. Think about it. Do you really believe that God is real? Do you really believe that you have a relationship with God? If you answered yes to those two questions, why on earth would you ever rely on your own intellect or your own experience to navigate the storms of life? Why wouldn't your first reaction be to go to God? Think about it. Put it in perspective. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about the way we think, but often our actions don't line up with what we proclaim as our faith. We say, God, Jesus is my Lord. You know, I've given my life to Christ. But yet we find ourselves trying to do life in our own human ability. See, we've never lived in a time of greater self-sufficiency. It's all about grinding. It's all about hustling. It's all about what I've accomplished. We're at the apex of our lives. But instead, God has invited us to partner with him. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know, we know that we have the requests we have asked of him. I want to go to the beginning. If we ask anything according to his will. So the question should be, well, what is the will of God? Well, if you have a Bible in your hands, it's every word that's in black and red. That is the will of God. And God's promise to you, that is if you are making intercession, if you are praying according to that will, what lines up in black and red in your Bible, then God will honor and grant that request. That is a covenant promise that you can stand on and believe and, and proclaim over your life and over the lives of others. We cannot be casual when it comes to prayer. We cannot treat prayer as optional when God or Jesus himself treated it as absolutely essential. 
Prayer is like breathing for the believer. And in my own life, when I start to drift into anxiety, when I start to drift into depression, when I start to drift into anger, when I start to drift into being impatient, almost 100% of the time, if you were to ask me what my prayer life looked like, it would be shallow, which is why I'm having these symptoms of things that I shouldn't be struggling in. But when I'm connected with the creator of the universe, the problems that the enemy throws at me, the problems that the world throws at me are really seemingly small and insignificant. Why? Because I have, I have access to unlimited streams of wisdom. Because the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask, and he will give liberally. That means he's gonna give you more than you actually need. He's not going to be like, Here, here's a little piece. You ever go like trick-or-treating and like, you know, they give you, like, there's one person that gives you like, take one, and the other person is like pouring it out. God is saying, I'm going to pour out my wisdom in your life. And the Bible says, furthermore, that he watches over his word, his will, to perform it. So God is saying, if you ask anything according to my will, according to my word, you're going to have it. And I'm actually watching for you and waiting for you to do this. And I'm going to make sure that it gets done. So you can't understand intercessory prayer without first learning about your authority as a believer. And I'm going to, and I've shared this story before, but there's an encounter with Jesus and the Roman centurion, right? And a Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, hey, can you heal? So obviously this Roman centurion, even though Rome had conquered Israel, had heard about this man, this Jewish man that was going around healing people. And he goes to him and he says, can you come and heal my servant? He's dreadfully ill. And Jesus says, absolutely. First of all, this is crazy. A Roman centurion is coming to a Jew and asking him to pray. And then the Roman centurion, or Jesus says, take me to your home. And the Roman centurion says, he says, uh, what does he say? He says, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing right now, but he says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my home. But all you have to do is say the word because I too am a man under authority. I say to this man, go, and he goes. And I say to this man, come, and he comes. Therefore, I recognize the authority that's on you. And all you need to do, Jesus, is say the word. You don't have to go to my house, and my servant will be instantly healed. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled and said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. Think about that statement. Jesus is saying that this Roman centurion had more faith than the 12 disciples. Where did he find the disciples? In Israel. He was saying that this Roman centurion had more faith than John the Baptist. Where did he find John the Baptist? Israel. He was saying that this Roman centurion had more faith than his mother, Mary. Why? I'd be willing to bet that that Roman centurion read far less scriptures than the 12 disciples. It was because of his understanding of authority. This Roman centurion understood, I, have, I hold rank. And when I ask my soldiers that are entrusted me to me to do something, it's as if Caesar Augustus said it himself. And so 
he recognized that Jesus had the authority of his father, God. That authority has now been given to you and to me. Remember, if you go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis, God gave man, Adam and Eve, dominion over the garden. They relinquished that. They gave it back to the enemy. And then Jesus came and won it back for us. So we have authority in, in the spiritual realm through our prayers. Intercession engages God and enables God's people enlarging his kingdom. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without prayer, we cannot do anything. But through this union, all things are possible. So in our own strength, no, I can't do it. But partnering with God according to his will, then yes, nothing shall be impossible for them, for those that believe. Intersection connects us with God and our family, our friend, our coworkers, and even our enemies. Because the Bible says to pray for our enemies. I'm going to close with this story. It's a real short story. Um, so we moved here, right? Uh, you know, it's coming on two years. And our kids, you know, they struggled with making friends. And um, Dom, every night we pray with our kids. And he would pray, Lord, I just pray that I'd make some godly friends. Lord, I pray that I'd make some friends. Lord, that I pray that I'd make some friends. And you know what? Dom gets invited just, just this week. He's been, well, he's, for the last few weeks, he's been telling us about this one friend. He's been, hey, I think this, you know, this kid, we, we, we sit down and we eat lunch together and we hang out. And then this kid invited him to his uh, birthday party. But he was the only other kid that he invited him to. So it was just him and Dom, okay? And so Dom went out and they went bowling and went to Buffalo Wild Wings and you know, just had a great time. And Dom came back and he said, Dad, you're never gonna believe it. He said, my friend told me that he was struggling in making friends. In fact, he was very, very quiet. And when I came along, he felt confident to, be, to share more of what was on his mind and what was on his heart. And that I was an answer of, to prayer for him because he was looking for a friend. And so I want you to see this. My son was praying for a friend, which is a good, is a, is a, it, that's praying according to God's will. Like God wants us to do community. He has friends for you. He has mentors for you. He has spouses for you, all you single people. He has one for you, okay? You got to call him in. But uh, he was praying for a friend. But when God does something, it, it's, there's so many other things that are happening in the spiritual realm. So at first glance, we could say God asked, you know, Dom prayed for a friend and God answered it and he got a friend. But little did he know that his prayer was actually answering the prayer of his friend because his friend equally was praying that God would send somebody into his life that he could share life with. Single people, I mean it. Pray for your spouse. Pray for, don't pray, like, pray for them, yes, that you would meet them, but pray for them ahead of time. Lord, I pray that whoever you've called me to marry, um, that they would walk in close intimacy with you. That, Father, you would open up your word to them in a way that they've never read or experienced before. Parents, pray for your children's spouses. Pray for those friends. 
Pray for those things, not as they are, but as they should be. Pray those things in and partner with God. If your bank account's low, if you're tired with your job, if you're looking for people to share your life with, pray for those things. God wants you to have those things. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to be a blessing so that you can be a blessing to others. The Pines Church absolutely has to be a house of prayer if we are going to fulfill the mission that God has placed on us. But it cannot start if you're not willing to open your mouth and to pray. And so I hope that this encourages you to start. Start today. Start on your ride home. Start tomorrow morning. Just begin to talk with God. Turn off the radio Turn off the news and just spend time with God, communicating with him. Prayer doesn't have to look a certain way. It's you sharing your heart and then positioning yourself to hear from God. And then you'll get to a place where God will start to drop people in your spirit. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for her. I want you to pray for, and you'll be, by praying for them, you'll be meeting the needs. And then God could put you in a position where he says, I want you to go talk to them or I want you to go help them. And you be in a position where you're answering their prayers. So I want to pray for every single one of you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the men and women of the Pines. I thank you, God, that, you have, that we get to do life alongside one another. I thank you that we are on, all on a journey of maturing and growing. And Father, I pray that you would uh, just help quicken a boldness in them to pray and intercede on behalf of their family members, their coworkers, their friends, even the people that they don't like. I pray that they would come into a season of maturity where they'd hear your voice clearer than they've ever heard it before. I pray that you'd give them an appetite and a hunger to grow in this gifting that you've given each and every single one of us. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Please go pick up your kids. I cannot wait to be with you next week. Until then, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to the Pines Church Podcast, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.